Did you hear that Jamie Lee Curtis compared, like, the riot scene to Black Lives Matter, even though they filmed it in, like, 2019? At what point does Jamie Lee Curtis stop letting Activia pudding fuck her brain up? Uh, it's yogurt. Is it yogurt? Well, it's whatever. It's, I mean, what I, yogurt's just shitty pudding. I say it's fiber pudding. I just want to say, like, I think her little hair and Karen yeah. bowl cut haircut yeah. is going straight to her personality. Yep. <laughs> she's turning a real bitch. Welcome back to the Jojatorium. Well, I think remember too. Whenever uh, it was, we found the the German Scheiser porn. That's not a lot of each other. You're in twerk classes over there. That's yeah, what yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fitness class. Working on them TikTok videos. You like so much. Dead face. Got right in front of you. Welcome back to the Jojatorium. You know who it is. It's Adam. It's Matt. We're decaying with the boys, and we swear we suck less than Halloween kills. They're coming to get you, Barbara. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Dawn of the Living Stout and Night of the Living Stout can be yours right now during the spookiest season of them all. Because Full Pint is back and is rolling hotter than before with the classic brews you grew to love and some new exciting beers to satisfy the nerdiest of craft beer enthusiasts. Grab a pint at their Warrendale site where kiddos and puppers are more than welcome. If you want to go grab and go, you can snag a four-pack from one of your favorite uh, distributors from Catanning to Robinson. So check out fullpint.beer for full details and follow them on all social media to get daily updates on tap lists, food trucks, events, and much more. Just make sure you tell them the boys sent you. So, we are here, and if you're listening to this today, this is Halloween, the spookiest day of all. I mean, aside from, like, I don't know, like, election day, that's pretty scary sometimes. Uh, but, Adam, we are so uh, lucky to be joined by a wonderful guest, uh, the head brewer of Full Pint, Mr. Jim Simmons, but we lovingly know him as Bobby Nacho. Uh, so we got the man from the resurrected full pint for our Halloween extravaganza. So guess what, Adam? We're going full throttle. Full throttle. We're going full throttle. So this episode is nothing but the fullest of the full. So if we're going fullest of the full, Bobby, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm living the dream, man. Yeah. I'm living the dream. Bobby showed up in full, full pint gear, by the way, and I'm loving it. Straight he- from work. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, bo- <laughs> Jim's out there delivering treats to all the local distributors. He made some guy's dreams come true earlier, gave him a mixed four-pack. That's that's who Mr. Simmons is. That's who Mr. Simmons is. If you see this man, he might give you beer. He might. Or he might not. Yeah. <laughs> depends or, if he has any on him. It depends on who you are. <laughs> so, uh, honestly, man, I'm going to call you Bobby throughout the whole thing man because to me i met you when you were bobby nacho to me i didn't know your real name until i knew you for a few months <laughs> there's like three people in this world that call me jim uh yeah. one is dan the owner of full pint the other is my mother and the other one would probably be my sister yeah uh, everybody else calls me bobby or nacho so i'm going i'm definitely going with nacho because that's who he is to me so nacho uh here in the jojitorium where we like to uh brew up some of the most delicious brews in the berg you have brought some of the most delicious brews in the berg so we are in round one and you brought us some beers so we're gonna put those together caught round one beer so what did you bring for us to rip into oh we got a little uh, dawn of the living stout uh, it's a white stout six percent 
Uh, when you taste it, you should get uh, some some coffee, a little bit of, not really coffee, more roast. Some people will say coffee. I, I call it roast because coffee would be a little more intense, and I tried. we tried to keep that back, that, that roastiness back a little bit. Um, you should get some chocolate, and then you should get some beer. I mean, we, we our, our beers are about beer. We want you to taste the beer. Yeah. Um, so we're not trying to hide anything. We want you. We want you to to taste that delicious beer that we've made. So um, this is one of our recipes. It's not a former full pint recipe. Uh, we just thought it'd be a really good compliment to Night of the Living Stout. And um, so far, man, I gotta say, people really are enjoying it. I gotta say, man, uh, and I want to say this too, Adam. If you could please intro the beer. Oh, sure thing. Paid in sound effects, baby. I want to say, I really like how you guys have updated the labels. That the super eye catching, and I love that you did uh, Dawn of the Living Stout because I love Night of the Living Dead and Night of the Living Stout. So to see you have like a like a prequel almost yeah. to the Stout, fantastic man, great idea. Yeah, it was, yeah. I, and I and I'm not going to take credit for the idea. Um, and it's funny because a really good friend of mine, uh, and, and some of your listeners will know him. His name is Justin Goodfellow said to me as soon as we started talking full pint he's like are you gonna make night of the living stout and i'm like yeah he's like we should make you guys should make a white stout and call it donna living stout well i i never got back to it and we were having one of our meetings and dan said we're gonna make this white stout and i think we should call it either day of the living stout or dawn of the living stout and i'm like well our good buddy Justin said we should do Donna Living Stout. And Dan's like, well, I was kind of leaning toward Donna Living Stout too. So um, he did give me the idea, but Dan came up with it on his own. And I just kind of threw it together. And, and then everybody else in the group was like, let's run with this. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you guys did too, because the artwork is awesome. It's super eye-catching, as I said earlier. Um, and you kind of almost don't know what you're going to get because everyone's very fixated on uh, night of living stout. So like to have this one come out and to be your own creation. And I know you were saying like, you wanted to be like a smooth, like not a huge punch of coffee. This hits on all of those notes, man. This thing is a wonderful beer that I could take my time on, or as you can already see by my glass, rip through half of it in one <laughs> sip. Uh, I smelled it and I was like, this is, this is my lane, man. I love white stuff. Boom, paid in sound effects. You already caught on, Nacho. I love hey, it, man. I get an easy week this week, too. I don't have to intro the beers because we have the expert. Dude, it's nice. It's so wonderful, man, especially because uh, in our full-blown episode here, we're going to touch on some more things about Full Pint, and we're going to sip on some more Full Pint beers. But what we got to do real quick is we got to hit them with some of the best wrestling news in the biz because that's what the boys bring you from Buckle to Bell. So, Adam, Bobby... Uh, right now we are on the precipice of full gear 2021 with AEW. Now this card's not completely filled because we are recording on a Friday. So it means rampage is going on tonight. So some of these matches, uh, could be altered or changed or there's some new, uh, new that matches added. So right now we're going to look at some of the confirmed matches and then we can try to make some predictions here. And so, but I understand though, Mr. Nacho, uh, modern wrestling really isn't your, I just, I don't have time. Yeah. It, you know, if I had some more time, I would love to get back into wrestling. Um, you know, the old days of wrestling for me would be like, um, I lived in Oklahoma when I was in the service for a long time. And, and um, the Texas Tornado, Carrie, Carrie Von Eric, Eric yeah. was, was, the, was the guy, you Hell know, yeah, man. Uh, Cactus Jack was, was first coming up, you know. So all those guys were like my, 
my idols and, and my my go-to guys, but um, it's been a long time since I've really been into it. And since this whole pint full pint thing come along, I just uh, I don't know what day it is half the time. You know, <laughs> thank God I've got a phone that tells me what day it is because it's just. You know, uh, I was already saying, man. I'm glad you remember it was uh, it was uh, Friday, man. Because yeah. I, I need I needed you to come in. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> I didn't correct you the first time. <laughs> so what I want to do then? I'll I'll talk about the match and. Hey man, you could hear us go about it, or you could pick a base on the names because some of these guys have pretty cool names. Yeah, that's exactly. And, what we're and a do. little spoiler alert: there are some names that Notch is familiar with that I have in some of my predictions towards the end of this. Nice, card, so. good, good. So let's kick it off with one of the most anticipated matches in AEW history. We're going to have Kenny the Cleaner Omega going against Adam Hangman Page. Uh, this is for the AEW World Title. Uh, this is something that's been brewing up since I believe AEW really started because Cowboy was supposed to be the premier uh, man of the company, but he unfortunately surrendered that belt idea to Jericho. Jericho yeah. So he's the champion. So right now we have the very anticipated bout here between Kenny Omega and ha uh, Hangman Adam Page. So, and I know, and I'll tell you this too, Nacho, that one of us has a deep love affair with some cowboy shit. One of us is throwing. <laughs> one of us is throwing a wrestling watch party in the Jojitorium <laughs> to watch Hangman win this belt. He's winning. My prediction. My favorite wrestler. If he doesn't win, we riot. Hey man, and I uh, and I can't agree with that more. I think Hangman Adam Page takes this one, but I think it's going to come by way of uh, some slapstick shit. It's going to happen with uh, the Elite coming out, and the Dark Order is going to make a save. It's not going to be a huge interference to the match, but there's going to be some attention drawn away from the bout. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't happen. But I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be a pure match. I think it's going to be some shenanigans because you got two factions that don't like each other right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. What about you, Nacho? What are you thinking? I could never go against anybody named Hangman. There yeah, you go. perfect. That's man. Just the coolest name. So Sounds I mean, right. next to Nacho, I mean, Hangman's right there. That's yeah. what I'm A and B. So, <laughs> well, they, they say too, cowboy, a uh, cowboy Hangman Adam Page. Uh, he says uh, everyone's got a little cowboy in them. So I think you got a little cowboy in you there. That's buddy. what she said. <laughs> <laughs> plus, I think Omega needs some time off. He does. He, he looks banged up. He's got some injuries. Uh, and plus, I can set him up for a really nice feud with um, the American Dragon. So if we're looking here to the next one on my list, it's uh, Britt Baker, DMD, taking on Ty Conte for the AEW women's title. Now, um, this match kind of came together pretty quickly after Britt Baker dismantled Anna Jay on cable television with Ty Conte making the save after Britt Baker's faction decided to stomp a mud hole in her ass. Um, clearly, at this one, I'll go, I'll go first here. The, the pride of Pittsburgh, Britt Baker, is going to bring this one home. I don't think that she's going to lose this Ty Conte. Not to say Ty Conte isn't going to be a title holder in the future, but just not right now. I agree. I think it would be too soon to put the belt on her. Um, and you're lo front-loading this card with my favorite wrestlers, dude. I know. So, yeah, Britt Baker, DMD, old Britsburg. She's yeah. going to take it and keep it with the city of champions. What about you, Nacho? I couldn't go against the city of Pittsburgh. Steel City. Unless, it's, unless it's football. Unless it's football and it's the Steelers. But uh, otherwise, I'm all in. So let's go, Britt. I think we just lost like three listeners. Uh, yeah, might have lost ten. That's right. Nacho, Nacho is a Browns fan, but he was at the Penguins game That's the other fine. night. We did lose, but he was rooting for it. I'm a Penguins fan. I'm a Pirates fan. I enjoy Pitt. I just was yeah. raised a Browns fan. So like, like Steelers fans, you can't like the Browns. And right. like Browns fans, can't like can't we can't like the Steelers, no matter how bad we've sucked for all these years. Yeah. But we did beat you twice in a row last year and in the playoffs. So Yeah. It felt good. And our second and third stringers are gonna have to 
do something this week. I can't uh, say I can't, I can't say that you didn't deserve it last year. <laughs> <laughs> we sucked. We were terrible. But I was gonna say too. Uh, I got to see the the Instagram pic of you putting the the hel- nacho helmet on your head. Nacho yeah. helmet Penguins nacho. game. So you were living it up for. I, for a Browns fan, you know how to get down with the Gwens. Oh, man. I just remember I was watching the game at a bar locally, and yeah. I knew Bobby was there. So I was like, oh, we're getting blown out. I hope Nacho's still having a fun time. And I pull up my Facebook, and he's eating a helmet of Nacho's. <laughs> and then lightning score again. I pull it up. He's wearing the Nacho helmet yeah. on his head. I was like, you know what? He's having a great, he's having yeah, a great it time. Was, it was a good time still. <laughs> I think the team played well. They just didn't uh, – they didn't put the puck in the net, man. I mean, that's you're missing yeah. all your stars, but yeah. I think they still played. Well. We got ripped off on that first goal too. Oh, the, yeah. the, the early whistle, and then the penalty call. The Jeez, ref was way out of position. Off. He was too lazy to move. He didn't call the goal. He he blew the whistle because he couldn't see the puck. He's lazy. They should have fired him right there. Yep, I couldn't agree more. And that's the hockey talk. Segment. Yeah. Now coming back to uh, the <laughs> AEW talk. <laughs> Sorry. I, no, I love the Penguins, man. I could talk about them all day. We were. Little behind the curtain, we were almost a sports podcast. We almost did it. I couldn't do it, but I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I, <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't talk about. I, I can't talk say about why. It. Yeah, because I'll also be hated by everybody. In yeah, <laughs> but well, let's look on to the next match I've listed here. It's uh, the Lucha Brothers taking on FTR for the AEW Tag Titles. So, uh, for those who haven't been watching, FTR actually disguised themselves as Luchadors uh, terribly. A uh, few. A few weeks ago, and took the Triple A titles off the of Lucha Bros. So right now, um, this is actually up in the air for me uh, for this for this match. I want to see what Adam has to say. I, I, first off, I want to say instead of Luchadors, they looked a little bit more like Chalupas in those tight <laughs> spandex outfits. Um, but I'm I'm just going to keep going with my heart on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be I will be happy with whoever wins this, but I think it's going to stay with the Lucha Brothers for a little while longer. But I could see either team winning. I'm actually going to go with FTR on this one, only because they have Tully Blanchard on the outside as well. So you know Mr. Tully Blanchard, Nacho. I do. Uh, so Tully Blanchard on the outside, I think that's going to be a little too much because Alex Alberhondes, if I'm saying that correctly, I don't have notes in front of me. Uh, you got it right. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't think he's a match for Tully Blanchard when it comes to uh, outside ring interference. So I think with the Tully uh, factor, FTR is going to take the titles. Right. Nacho? I think it's going to be a draw. I like that. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, Alex and Tully are going to get in the ring like, fuck you, no, fuck you. <laughs> Unprotected chair shots. They're, they're going to switch teammates at the end of it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Bedlam, yeah. <laughs> so actually, as you say that, we had to – we're going to then click into a match where it's the inner circle uh, consisting of five members, Chris Jericho being the leader of this faction, taking on uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page and three members of American top team. Uh, and those have yet to be named. So uh, Sammy Guevara is actually going to name them because he won a match uh, against Ethan Page uh, on Wednesday on Dynamite. So, boy, this isn't convoluted at all. I know it's very tough. Um, <laughs> I just my eyes just rolled in the back of my head. So we rewind to it. It's Inner Circle versus American Top Team. I if followed we it now, I followed it now. Yeah. Um, so I I honestly believe that this has to go to the Inner Circle because they are the only team that's actually all wrestlers. And that's why I'm going to give it to him. Uh, and also Chris Jericho is so entertaining in multiple man tag team matches that I'm going to give it to him. Yeah. For all the listeners that don't know American top team are legit MMA fighters. Yes. Um, which it's all to get junior dos Santos in cause he's switching to pro wrestling. Yes. But, um, I don't know. I think the inner circle wins a lot. 
They do. I'm going to go with men of the year and American top team to win okay. this one. Because, again, you have a ton of outside interference on that side. Yeah. Even with five men in the match. Paige Van Zandt, she can interfere in my matches anytime. She's distracting. She bare-knuckle boxes, sir. Yeah, dude. That's why I'm scared of her, but I'm yeah. excited by her yeah. at the same time. It's a it's a excited fear. <laughs> Mr. Nacho, who are you taking? How old is Chris Jericho? Chris Jericho is 50 years old, sir. Chris Jericho is almost as old as me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a four-pack. <laughs> I mean, I have two four-packs. It's, four the, it's packs, the upper so, ones. On the Photoshop. It's I the have, upper ones. I have two four-packs, so, so what? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, um, I'd have to flip a coin, and then it says, we'll take Chris Jericho. Boom, inner circle, baby. We'll take the inner Love circle. Love it. So a match that just got added on uh, – on Dynamite, it's MJF taking on Darby Allen, and this is a match that I'm actually excited to see happen for two reasons. One, I like both talents, and two, this feud can be over. I'm done seeing the Turtle Boy take on the mouth uh, that calls people Methany, so I'm excited for this one to be over to see what MJF does next, and I want to see Darby Allen take on... I really want to see him go against Malachi Black. I think that'd be a really cool matchup between the two of them. So, But I digress. MJF versus Darby Allen. Actually, you know what, Nacho? I'm going to throw it to you first, man, because I'm going to let you go into the unknown on this one. Uh, I've been in the unknown almost all of it. Um, first of all, the name Darby is cool as hell. Yeah. Like, if I could go back and choose a nickname, I would have picked Darby. Darby Nacho. Darby Nacho. Right? Darby Burrito. Um, so, <laughs> Darby, Darby Enchilada. <laughs> so, we're going with Darby. Cool, man. Adam? I'm going with MJF because I'm sick of Darby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sick of it. I do agree that a match between him and Malachi is good. I want MJF to go off and fight Punk. And, yeah, let's just get this one over with. But I would like to see MJF win mm-hmm. because I think he's in line for the world title. I think he is, too. And that's why I'm going to go with MJF as well. Uh, as much as I like Darby Allen and what he's going to do next, I think MJF needs to get the push over on the baby face to start working towards that. That... Uh, uh, world title match. You know what? We forgot to mention. Darby was a smart choice because he's actually managed by Sting. Yeah. Oh, so Sting, Sting a, an old school wrestler. He knew it internally. That's why he, he felt it. Now I just want to scream, Roxanne. <laughs> oh, wrong Sting. Different sting. Sorry. Different Sting. <laughs> you can sing five seconds of it before we get sued. Go That's, ahead. Oh, we're, good. we're good. That's all I needed was a half a second. So the last match on on my list here before before we like speculate about um, – any kind of rumored matches that don't make any sense. The World Eliminator Tournament Finals that actually the winner of this will get a a world title match. And um, they were to be determined, but I think we all kind of can see it from, you know, outside the box. From 10 miles away. Yeah. Moxley and Brian Danielson will be uh, going after it during the World Eliminator Tournament. And Adam, you actually had a very... um, a very good idea here, conspiracy theory-wise, about how this would work out. So. Oh, should I release that to the yeah. public? So I think this match, if it is Moxley versus Danielson, will be your answer to who's winning the main event. Yeah. I think if Moxley wins, then Cowboy, Hangman Adam Page is winning the main event, and vice versa. If Danielson wins, Omega's going to retain. Because that's just going to be the heel-face dynamic. Yeah. And that's going to be your next pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I like the match, um, and I think that will be the match, barring any... Injuries, um, and I think Moxley's going to take it. I agree with that. I think at this point, Moxley has to make a return uh, to the 
title scene. He stepped away for way too long. Um, I think Danielson's gonna. I think it's gonna be a great match. First and foremost, it's gonna be very stiff, which I think is gonna, gonna be great because very stiff. Moxley's going kind of heel right now. He's kind of going a little they heel. Beat the shit out of ten on Dynamite. Last yeah, time. dude, that that looked like a murder. It looked, a, it looked like a little bit of hardway blood there. Mm, yeah. I don't think it was a blade job. <laughs> I don't think it was a, well, his head bounced off the ring post. They had a close-up of his face going off the ring post, and you could see it bounce and like the, the shock of his cheeks and everything. I was like, gotta Jesus. Get them, gotta get them hands up. Get your hands up, bro. So uh, we have uh, John Moxley going as uh, Brian Danielson here. So who are you going to take? So just so you know, too, uh, Moxley is um, Dean Ambrose. Formerly from WWE, if that helps you out at all, okay. from the Shield, and uh, Brian Danielson is Daniel Bryanson from WWE. Okay. The yes, 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 the yes guy. Well, then we're going yes, all yes, right. yes, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon with you guys, and I'm going to stand over here in a corner by myself like I always do. Good man. See, yes, we need to be put in our place every once in a while. I'm glad you're here to do that. So we go on some rumored matches, and some of them don't really make sense, like uh, CM Punk versus Wardlow. Um, there's no build to that, so I don't know how it's going to happen, except for CM Punk not liking bullies, and Wardlow's kind of a bully, but there's no build. Uh, Thunder Rosa versus Jade Cargill in the Women's Championship Tournament for the TBS strap. That's up for grabs for um, the move to TBS. Uh, there's one I'm actually interested in, Adam Cole versus Christian Cage. That'd be kind of cool. Um, I don't want to see the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express again, ever again. I'm done with it. And then last but not least, the one I actually would like to see, Cody Rhodes versus either Malachi Black or Andre Oidolo or Miro for some reason. Um, out, out of all those, who do you want to see? Oh, I think it's going to be a tag match. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a tag match after last night with Cody Rhodes and Pac versus Oidolo and Malachi. Yeah. And it's all for this reason. Because I think AEW is pulling the trigger, and they're bringing in old Tricky Dicky Ric Flair, and because Arn Anderson's on the other side. That's right. So you're Woo! a little bit of a four horseman. <laughs> this is what I thought Nacho was going to like. New so idea. I think it is going to be a tag match. I think they're squeezing Cody into that program just because Arn's in his corner. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think old Meat Spin's coming back. Yeah. You, you liking that, Nacho? I'm liking that. I'm I liking think, it. Yeah, I think uh, AEW's going mean, to bring him in. I think the dust has settled from his... Plane ride to hell. I think it has uh, to. The only comment I have on all that is there's a female wrestler, and her name is Thunder Rosa. Yes. Yeah. She's sick She's as fuck. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. I am in. Because if your yeah, name is Thunder Rosa, yeah. I, I, I've already got a mental picture. I'm going to look it up in a little yeah. while. Yeah. How, how Paige Van Zant uh, scared Matt Stiff in a way, that's what Thunder Rosa does to me. Yep. <laughs> She's a badass woman, dude, and she wrestles. She wrestles stiff, and she's fucking awesome. So that's a great pick too, because Jade Cargill's actually she went from being kind of green to actually doing some great in ring work too. So seeing those two butt heads is gonna be fantastic. And yeah. I'll tell you right now too, man, Thunder Rosa gets you gets you kind of excited to look her up. Look up Jade Cargill too, man. You won't be disappointed. Uh, she, I tell you what though. They both scare. They could both beat the shit out of me. I know that for sure. Game on. <laughs> Here I am. I pay to watch that. So speaking of game on, uh, Ring of Honor is full game because they fully released all their talent. Um, so Ring of Honor tweeted on October seventh, eh, around three twenty four. October twenty seventh. October twenty. What did I say? Just the seventh. Oh, on the seventh. <laughs> 
fuck? <laughs> Throughout the pandemic, our top priority was to keep everyone healthy and safe. And despite not producing any live events over 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to take uh, make, make some changes to our business operations and are planning a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. Ring of Honor alleges they will return to production in April of 2022, uh, but all talent is available to wrestle wherever they want as soon as they want to. Um, there's lots of rumors here about why this is happening. However, this was the uh, premier stop for indie talent trying to get off of the indie bingo hall scene, as Jim Cornette lovingly calls it. Uh, but with NXT and AEW really pushing indie talent to mainstream television, there wasn't a lot of room for Ring of Honor because they didn't have that prime cable push. They were on Access TV and Sinclair. So, so I don't know, man. Um, there are some rumors out there why this is happening. All of them are kind of swirling, but right now I think what they said, Adam, was uh, Sinclair pulled the plug, right? That's what I've seen mostly from most reports. There's yeah. nothing set in stone yet at this time, but, um, yeah, it looks like Sinclair pulled the plug. So ROH is just letting their independent contractors yeah. work. Which is um, cool. I'm glad they didn't like do like a weird like 90 hold day. Hold them into it. Yeah. My only question is where do the Briscoe brothers go? Yeah, they just won the titles. I, yeah, for uh, GCW, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe GCW wants them. I mean, they're, I mean, they're hardcore yeah, as fuck. Come so. on, AW. Nah, I'd it. like it. So we're gonna fully move away from wrestling and get fully into getting to know Bobby Nacho. <laughs> oh, full boy. into Nacho. Yeah, full into Nacho. Loaded nachos. So, buddy. You're here with us, and we thank you again for coming to spend some time with us because we do really appreciate what you do for Full Pint. And we always appreciated what you did before that and all the other establishments you worked at. Um, but we got to know some things about you, man. So first and foremost, before you became the the absolute genius over at Full Pint, <laughs> I got to know, how did you get started in brewing at all? So there's this guy... And I've already mentioned him that a good couple of times. Guy's gonna come up again. <clears throat> this this guy's everywhere. Um, Justin Goodfellow. I, I went to a homebrew fest. I bought a ticket. Me and my buddy bought a ticket. We just wanted to go get drunk. And I'm like, let's go see what this homebrew thing is about. And we go in there, and there was probably 20 homebrewers, and we kept going back to this guy's table, and it was Justin Goodfellow, and he had uh, it had to have been three or four beers. His beers were way better than everybody else's. I mean, and and, and I, it's not to put anybody down. I, I I enjoyed all the beers. I didn't think any were crap, but his stuff was just really good. And so I kept gravitating back to him. And so we're talking, and he's like, "So do you homebrew?" And I'm like, "No." He's like, "Well, why not?" And I'm like, "I never thought of it. Why? Why would I?" He's like, "Well, what do you do?" Well, I'm a chef. And he looked at me, he's like, duh, brew. It's the same thing. And I'm like, really? And so I'm like, nah, I just, you make it and I'll drink it, you know? And so we finished out the night and, and you know, we exchanged information. And a couple of days, over the next couple of days, I just started thinking about it. And I'm like, maybe I should start home brewing. I think that could be fun, you know? I need a hobby, you know? So I, I, I don't know if I, it was probably Facebook Messenger, I would think at the time. And I said, uh, tell me what tell me what equipment I need to get started. And he sent me a list and I'm looking through this. I'm like, I'm going to spend like three or four hundred dollars on equipment. Am I going to brew this much beer? So I sat on another week or two. I'm like, screw this. I, I want to make my own beer. 
Well, then I started looking. I'm like, well, I'm not saving any money by making my own beer. Why, why am I going to make my own beer? Like, All right, we're going to do it. So I kind of made a couple kits. And then he's like, there's another homebrew show coming up in like two months. And I expect to see you there. And I'm like, dude, I'm not ready for that. So I made one beer. And it was my first all-grain batch. And I made a jalapeno cream ale. And I took it to this homebrew show down in Verona. And I got a couple votes for it. Most people didn't want to try it. Jalapeno. <laughs> Who drinks hot? That's hot. I don't want that. And it wasn't hot at all. So I, I didn't have any expectations. I didn't plan on going there to win or anything else. Um, but at the end of the night, Justin came over to me and he said, and I, and I bottled everything. I didn't have, I didn't buy kegs or any of that kind of stuff. And he's like, do you have a couple bottles left? Can I, can I have a couple to go home? And I'm like, do you really want this beer? And he's like, dude, it's good. Yeah. And I'm like, he's just being nice, you know? Well, then a couple of the other brewers asked for a bottle to take home. And I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. So whatever. And then there was another homebrew fest. They had one about every six months. So the next time I took four beers and we were setting up for that. And Justin come over and he's trying my beers. He's like, I'm really intimidated. You're going to kick my ass tonight. And I'm like, there's no way I'm kicking your ass. I got three first place awards out of four beers. And then I got a blind taste test on the fourth beer. Um, and I kicked his ass. Yeah. But I never have beat him since. Okay. <laughs> so this, this all belongs to Justin Goodfellow. He's the, he's the one that created this monster. Um, he is the one that got me into it, got me hooked. Um, has been such a huge inspiration to me. Um, and he's, he's just, he's an awesome guy and he's, he's a total class act and, uh, he's out at yellow bridge. If, if anybody doesn't know that, and I will support him till the end of time, he does beer the way it should be done. And, and I've tried to take a little of what he does into what I do. I, I mean, I do some stupid shit. I put, you know, Adam knows we do we do a lot of the same adjuncts. We put we put cereal in beer. We put whatever. You know, um, Andy from Hitchhiker stopped me the day. He's like, "You're you had the best fucking ho ho beer I've ever had in my life." And I'm like, "It wasn't ho hos. It was Swiss cake rolls." <laughs> same fucking difference. But but it was it was it was it was cool that he said it. But that's the kind of stuff that I like to do. I'll do traditional stuff, and, and we'll do some of that at full pint. Um, but I like stupid things and, and, you know, I, I kind of, I'm an oddball to begin with. So I do oddball shit. So with all the oddball shit and you had a very big success kind of early on in your homebrew, your second competition, you, you basically swept the thing. I, I will follow up that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by the way. So first off, I second everything you said about Justin. Other oh, yeah. than Justin's a clown. If Justin's listening, you're a clown. Yeah. <laughs> but I respect the, the best clown. And you're I'm waiting. Clown act. I'm waiting. Me and my wife are going to go out to Yellow Bridge as soon as he gets a couple beers on tap. He's got there. a couple on tap so, already. So, yeah, we're going to be heading out there soon then. Um, but my follow-up question is, cost you three or $400 to get started. You didn't invest any more money in it after that, right? It stays a very cheap hobby. It Kurt. does. It, it stays very cheap after that. Um, I, did, I did not invest a lot into that. Um, well, because within Island Homebrew for like three years before I got my first brewing gig. And um, uh, that doesn't 
really happened, and, and I totally lucked out. I mean, it was something that I just fell in my lap. And then when I decided that wasn't for me anymore, then, you know, Darren from Couch called me up. And he's like, hey, I heard you're a free agent. And I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> it's like, come and talk to me. I feel like we could do some work together. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy how it worked. And I, I every day I wake up and I'm like, I, I still can't believe that this – this all happened, and you know, um, I, I look at guys like Andy, and I look at Meg Seastat, and and I look at all these guys that are such damn good brewers. Um, and I still, you know, they're they I still put them over me. I, I think that you know they're they're the head of the class, and I'm just you know, I'm just along for the ride, and and whatever I can do is is cool. But I try to see what everybody else is doing, and and I really think that Pittsburgh has some pretty cool stuff going on. Yeah. Um, we we still got a ways to go to be one of the biggest uh, cities, but I think we're pretty decent. I would say too. The one thing I do appreciate you appreciate about you whenever I see what you do is um, you're not just playing the game. You're a student of the game. So when you say you're watching everybody else and you're learning from them, and that's something I really appreciate about you because um, every time I've I've gotten beer from you before you got on to some of the the mainstream breweries, you're all these brew fests. And everyone's like has these game faces on. They're super serious, and you're like, "I made a ice cream cone, waffle cone ale. It's it's four point seven percent. Who wants it?" And I was, it was just, it, and it blew me away. All these people were like, "I aged mine for two years and this and that." And you're like, "I made this three weeks ago. <laughs> this, this got Fruit Loops in it. You want to pour it yourself?" So I did one. We did uh, Oakmont um, had a brewfest. Uh, it was probably three years ago. And I wasn't even going to go. And I get this email, and they're like, oh, we want you to come. And I'm like, okay. And I did these two beers in like seven days. <laughs> uh, and uh, I got pretty good scores on them. But all I did was I, I brought somebody with me to like, hey, you want to come and pour beer with me? And they're like, yeah. And I left them to pour, and I went around <laughs> and drank everybody else's beer. I think that um, was actually our first brew fest. Was that Oakmont? Oh, Yeah. Oakmont. And and I that's where I met Nacho. Nacho uh, at that time his um, quote unquote jockey box. What he was serving his kegs out of garbage can was a garbage can yeah. with wheels on it. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm like carrying cases around of bottles, and I'm like, "That's a really good idea. I'm going to talk to that guy." <laughs> I stole that from Justin Goodfellow too. Yeah, that was a I, great I idea. kind of upgraded a little bit. I put the the T on it that I could pour from yeah. shoulder height rather than bending over and and, and do it from the side, but. Um, you know, Justin has been such a huge influence on, on my beer life, um, and my personal life. I mean, he's, he's a very spiritual person and, and I take a lot of what he says to heart and he's such a good guy, but without him, I wouldn't be sitting here. I mean, I'd still be cooking somewhere and that wouldn't be a bad thing, but he's, he's the reason that I'm, I'm here today. So speaking of that path, um, we're talking about a lot of homebrewing and you mentioned Darren from couch, but I, what was your first... I guess, quote unquote, pro brewing gig. What were you doing? <laughs> um, so we came back from a homebrew um, event one night. I don't even remember where we were. We were sitting at Wrench Romanco's house. And um, him and I are sitting there drinking beers after a meeting or something. And he gets a message from somebody and it says, uh, 412 Brewery lost their brewer and wants to know if anybody would help. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll help. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but I'll help, you know. <laughs> So we sent a message out to the guy, and he's like, oh, meet me here on this day, and we'll talk about it. So me and Rich 
three other guys. We, we called them the guys. Um, they're teachers from Stowe Rocks, uh, really good guys. We went down and maybe three or four other people. And um, I'm like, well, what does help mean? And he's like, well, I mean, brew. <laughs> I don't mean help. I mean, just do it. Just do the whole thing. And I'm like, okay. Well, it was it, – it's a, it's a propane-fired or a gas-fired uh, system with two and a half barrels on each side. So you have four pots, two mash tons, two boil kettles. I'm like, that's – it's a homebrew – it's a, it's on steroids. It's a homebrew system, yeah. right? So I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll, whatever, you know. And you know, Rich and I brewed once or twice, and – the guys brewed a couple times and then everybody started falling off and I was the last man standing. And he said, the, you know, the guy, um, the owner, his name was Sam. Uh, he says, uh, so you want to be my full-time brewer? I'm like, I don't know. That's kind of scary. Can we make enough beer? Can we sell enough beer? Blah, blah, blah. So he convinced me to do it and I did it. And I was there a couple years two, just about exactly two years. Um, and it was, it was cool because I got to do it and I, I would bring all my friends in. Adam come in, uh, Mike Swiderski came in, Chris Bocato came in, Shane Walters came in. I mean, I had, I brought people in to, to, to brew with me, to give them some experience too. I'm brewing on a bigger system. And then we had trash, the the entire trash team came and and we did a big brew with them. I mean, we had some fun with it, but the limitations were, I only know what I know. Yeah. And I'm not learning anything. I'm trying to, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, to read forums and read books and, you know, but in between trying to make this work, uh, it was, it was, it was a hell of an experience. Um, I, I would never say I, I regret doing it because had I not done that, I wouldn't be where I'm at today either. Um, and that was one of the things Justin said to me is like, how the hell did you get a brewing job before I did? <laughs> Uh, and then not long after he got a job at greenhouse and then later fury. But, um, it's just that, and Sam was a really good guy. Um, he was more of a business guy and he didn't really love beer. Uh, he loved money and I, I love money too, but uh, when you're in beer, you, you really need to love beer and, and, and the process and, and the ingredients and do things the right way. And, and, there were things I knew we weren't doing right, but it's how he wanted it done. And, um, so, you know, four, one, two was a cool experience and I love what those guys are doing now, you know, um, with, with the, and, and there's a whole bunch of them over there. Those, those guys are all awesome. You know, from, from Ryan Slicker, my buddy, Adam Zane, who I think is one of the best people in the world. Um, Rocco, all those guys over there, Malcolm, they're, they're all great guys and they know beer and they're really they're doing a great job turning it around. And I, and I'm glad to see that because it deserves it. Um, and, and they, they, maybe they might change the name or something, but I, I really, I appreciate it, what they're doing. And I still kind of feel a connection. You know, I don't have anything to do with it, obviously, but there's a little connection there and I think it's cool what they're doing. So I go out and support four one two. By the yeah, way, yeah. And as far as that tap room, like can't get a better location. Oh, it's God, a great location. It's a cool spot. Yeah. I wish it was a little bigger, but it's a cool spot. I was there last night. <laughs> I spent a lot. I spent a lot of time there. So. I would. I would go down almost religiously. What night of the? I can't Wednesdays. even remember what night of the week Wednesdays. it was. I was going to say it was Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Hump day. I would go down and look. Now I'm still going on Wednesdays because yeah. I was there last night. But uh, he would do. Uh, 
ask a bartender Wednesdays, and he'd he'd be the bartender. At that's the bullshit time, with man. BS with the brewer. That's what it was. Bullshit with the brewer. I like it, man. So before we go into a break, Nacho, I got to ask you: all the times that you worked for other breweries leading up to what you do now, what's one of the biggest things you took away from all those places that you implement now at Full Pint? Man, I learned a lot of what not to do. <laughs> and that's cool, too, man. If it no, doesn't work, then that, it doesn't work. Yeah, you know, it, it's cool. But really, my time at Couch, um, and that Darren, man, I, I love Darren. I love that guy. It broke my heart to leave. I, I told him when I went there that I, that we were doing this full pint thing and that I would be leaving, but I would give him everything I had um, in the meantime. And it turned out to be the best job I've ever had. I loved working with him. Beth. And Mel, those ladies are awesome. Um, but I, I, I learned from Carrie and I learned from Mike. Not a lot from Mike. I mean, Mike, Mike Piro, nobody probably knows Mike, but Mike's a goofball and I love him. Uh, we hang out and smoke cigars often, not often enough, but often. But Carrie taught me a lot. Darren has taught me a lot. Um, so it was cool to work with somebody else rather than just trying to learn everything yourself. And, you know, they taught me things. I taught them things. But just the fact that I got to be out and, and learn something new. Um, you know, I, I loved working for Couch. And, and we did some pretty cool things at Couch in the in the short time I was there. And, and sold a lot of beer during a pandemic for a little brewery. I mean, Hell yeah, it, man. it was cool. It those, was cool. Those blackouts were some of the most fun I, I can remember during the pandemic running up to the side garage door and grabbing my beer and talking to you guys. That was great. I mean, not, not only that, but you brought milkshakes to couch. You 14 had, different beers yeah. for, for blackout. And That's that was, insane. I think they had eight the year before and Darren's like, what are we going to do? I'm like, dude, go big or go home. Oh, yeah, man. You know, so we did, we did 10 or we did 12 different stouts. We did the four horsemen, which uh, Everybody still says to me that beer was so good. Yes, um, and and you know I'm just going to throw that there might be another Four Horsemen beer coming sometime <laughs> in the relative near future. Not, um, I, not I, in a wink, and I can't um, wait for and it. It's going to be something really stupid, um, but yeah, I mean, and then we barrel aged it. So I mean, we did some really cool things at Couch, and and that's something that I learned so much, and, and not just about making beer, but about selling beer and. And people too. I mean, it, it was just, it was a really, a big growing experience for me. And, and it's something that, man, I, I'll, I'll never forget Darren and, and the ladies there. I mean, it was just, it was the best. I, I, and I, and I hope you're supporting couch too, because yeah. if you're not boo. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a, I have a couple rapid sure. fire ones since Let's it's all it. about Nacho right now. Um, just a couple quick ones. What's your favorite style of beer to drink? I like clean. I like crisp. Um, so anything that's a lager is is going to be high on my list to drink. Um, I do like stupid stuff. So, you know, if I go somewhere and they've got a a 14% uh, Cheerios and uh, gummy bear stout, I'm going to drink it. Um, but I, I, I do like the clean, crisp beers. I like the Crispy Boys. Um, so that's that's probably my, my, my biggest go-to beer nice what's your favorite style of brew is it different than that or is that what you like to do you know what i just love the brew Doesn't matter. i don't care what style it is um i try to put the same heart and soul into everything that i make our, our system right now ipas are a bitch um you know the transfer on, a, on an ipa to the fermenter might be two and a half hours right now so you know maybe that may not be my favorite 
um, because of the time. But I think that I think that brewing is just that's it's 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 the heart and soul of it all. So I'm going to give my all no matter what it is. I don't really have a favorite. Okay, and. We don't see each other as much as we used to with us both being busier, especially you being super busy. But every time I see you, you seem to have some new ink. Do you have anything I, planned for your next tattoo? Actually, I have this one, this this eagle that's here. Um, it's not finished. It gets a, a flag, American flag behind it. Nice. And then he's going to do some smoke that covers, that brings both of these military oh. tattoos together. So for the listeners, it's Notch's going full, full sleeve on his left arm. It's off. Much, Next. Very cool. Full on. And then last question, since it's Halloween season, what's your favorite scary movie? Okay, this is going to be really stupid. Because it's not really a Halloween movie, but it's a scary movie. And Showgirls. It's Silent Night, Deadly Night. I love that fucking movie so <laughs> is much. Isn't that crazy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid that it's awesome. Yeah, I love that movie so fucking much, one. man. So before we before I send it to Matt for the ads, since this is the all about not just segment, I just want to stop real quick. And as he was going through this, I would just want to thank you, Bobby, because I just realized at every place you worked at professionally, you brought me on to help at some Absolutely. point. Absolutely. Um, and I agree with you. I have never had more fun brewing than all of those brew days or canning nights and what we did at Couch together with Darren. Oh, man. We had that, so that much fun with Darren. A lot of fun. Uh, so thank you for and you and you also helped us here at, in the homebrew. I've, I've hung out a few times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when we were starting off because you were just a couch and and you just wanted to brew all the time. So you got us started here. So I mean, thanks for helping us out. Thanks for letting me help you. I've even gotten to go to Full Pint and help with Chinooky, which was awesome. It's one of my favorite beers. Um, so yeah, I just want to say thank you while you're oh, here. It's always my pleasure. We've got canning days coming, and we're always looking for help for canning days. Um, Brew days, if you're ever available, I try to I try to only brew during the week, and I try to start early in the day. So that keeps most people out because they've got to work. Um, and, and I say the weekends are for me. And I and I, you know, last Saturday I had an event Saturday night, and you know, so and sometimes the weekends get boggled up and and, and I think I was work, helping you on a Saturday morning early too yeah, that day, and you were there a Saturday yeah, helping me out. Yeah. So it it's always something, and I spend, oh, I'd say. 90% of my life at the brewery or out delivering or whatever it takes right now. And, and it's, it's cool and it's fun. And I just, there's nothing I would change about it. Well, I mean, there's, there's buy more beer. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, no, it's, it's a good, good problem to have that, you know, our fermenters are full now and we're going to turn them over again. So we have 320 barrels of beer in our, oh. in our, uh, brew house that's fermenting away and some of it's canned some of it's not but there's a lot of beer there and, and we can turn it over pretty quickly and it's a lot to do so i'm always asking friends hey you got time for this you got time for that you got time for this um i'm always begging for help so yeah. and you'll be able to hear more about that on the other segment side. too so we're going to throw some ads because uh, we have people that support us. And when you support them, you support us. And when you support us, we get to do cool stuff like this. Like get the head brewer from Full Pint to come in and talk to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go check them out. And we're going to see you guys on the other side. I know what you're thinking right now. How do I get the downstairs hair care I need to impress my partner? Well, the boys have a little something for you. 
That's right. You can take your grooming to the next level with the flagship of Smooth My Balls, the Turf Chopper 3.0. This pube-destroying trimmer uses stainless steel ceramic blade with micro-sized teeth to ensure you're covered by no-scrape technology. Yep. No cuts, no nicks, no bumps, no hair pulls, and no mishaps. And when those pubes go flying, you can call in the backups, the Pube Muncher 1.0, and Sack Mat to ensure cleanup is a breeze. All these devices can be used in wet or dry conditions, and they're compact for easy travel storage and have fast charging technology. Right now, our listeners can save 15% on their entire order by using our link, smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB. That includes free shipping to the U.S. That's right. So head on over to smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB and tell them the boys sent you. Welcome back. Hopefully you heard something that you like. Because again, when you support them, you support us. And when you support us, we get to do really cool stuff. Like bringing in Bobby Nacho from Full Pint. We can't do that without you guys checking us out, rating us, subscribing, everything you want to do. So, Adam, I threw it out to the Twitterverse. Apparently it allows us to dress up in our Halloween costumes early, too. What do you mean? You look like some hobo substitute teacher. Wearing a bitch bun. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, so for that- our listeners, he's wearing... I, I'm going to guess two tight pants because yeah. I can't see me sitting down. Oh, they're, they're tight. A polo shirt and then a Mr. Rogers meets heroin addict under the bridge sweater with elbow <laughs> patches on it. I, I mean, won't you be my you neighbor? Sleep, you sleeping under the Fort Pitt Bridge tonight? Hot metal, but don't ask questions you don't want answers to. <laughs> that's, that's really cool coming from a guy who's wearing a fucking hat that could be best left for toxic wasteland. Look at that fucking thing. <laughs> it's... Tehan Street Corner and his whiskey. Like, this is what I'm addicted to. And you flip the bill up. Is this Can whiskey? I'm trying to do that now. Oh, here we go. How's that? So, fuck, fuck. All right, school of schlock. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm turning mine backwards. <laughs> so, assholes, I threw it out to the Twitterverse for a showdown. And I asked everybody out there, because it's a hot topic right now, what are your grades on Halloween kills? It's polarizing. So, our fans came out. And they said 20% of them gave it an A. 20% gave it a B. Okay. 60% of you guys gave it Buster Rhymes Kung Fu. There you go. Yeah. 60% uh, of our listeners, I love you. Yes. And then one vote coming from our friends over at Halloween is Forever gave it an incomplete, saying that it's a bridging movie between the first and the, and the third, and they want to see the third one come out before they make a judgment on the second one. They got that associate's degree in teaching with you, huh? So anyway, kind of great is that forty percent of the people were stoned. Yeah, yeah, or drunk or drunk, and I was drunk and still didn't like it. Or just stupid. Yeah, I can tell you right now, I wasn't a huge fan of Halloween Kills. Um, There were so many things about that I didn't quite like, and I I think Steve and I were talking about a little bit. You know, it's been forty years. How many years? Forty years. When did Jimmy Lee Curtis? Evil dies tonight. Build a wall around Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like to me. Not my Michael Myers. <laughs> my Michael Myers won the election. So, Let's go, Michael Myers. Yeah, I mean, I swear mob, to God, I'll justice incarnate. For I swear to God, I'll storm the mayor's house on January sixth if you keep bringing him back to Haddonfield on Halloween. <laughs> so, like, not only was there the lazy voiceover where Jamie Lee Curtis just explains the whole movie away in a minute by saying he gains magical powers by killing people. Like Freddy Krueger. Yeah. <laughs> Evil dies tonight. 
So not only was there that, but this the whole timeline was supposed to be within one night, correct? Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. the longest night ever. Yeah. I mean, even with the two movies just in real time, that's a five-hour night already. Right. Like, the sun's going to be coming up soon. I mean, it's kind of nice. You remember the first time you were He's still pulling Jackie Chan moves over in the corner yeah. on, <laughs> on Michael C. Hall over there. You remember the first time you fell in love? You're like, I wish this night would never end. Well, if you were in the Halloween Kills universe, it would never fucking end. Oh it was a gosh. it was a 19 hour night. Yeah, the kid the kids are all in their candy comas at home, yeah. and he's beating up on Breakfast Club in the middle of the street. <laughs> <laughs> so we are in round two, and we have the head brewer of Full Pint with us, Mister Bobby Nacho, also known to some limited people as Jim Simmons. And you brought us some beers, so it's round two. You brought some beers, put them together, caught round two beers. So what do you got? I got a little uh, Night of the Living Stout, the Reclamation Project. Love it. So what's about what's going on with this one, man? Because this is a this is a recipe you brought back from the the halls of Full Pint when you guys came back in. So. Yeah, this is this is a Full Pint recipe, um, and you know I, I gotta throw a, a big kudos out there to Barrett. Barrett was the the man at, at Full Pint, the brewer, the owner. Um, the guy's been awesome. Anytime I have a question, I text him, call him, he answers me, he gives me whatever I need and more. Um, phenomenal guy. Um, yeah, seven percent. It's 109 IBUs. There's a boatload of Cascade in this thing, um, and and I'm really happy the way it came out. Um, they called it a Western Pennsylvania stout. It's it's more of a a West Coast style stout, but um, we're 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 living with the Western Pennsylvania stout. I, li- I like that. Um, and I really think it's it's a phenomenal beer. Uh, and I'll go back to Justin Goodfellow, who tells me every day that was his favorite beer. You got to make that. It's my favorite beer. You got to make that. <laughs> he came and helped us can it. And he's drinking a beer, canning, drinking a beer, drinking a beer. He's like, I'm really happy over here. I'm really happy. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really happy. Um, we we stuck 99.9% to the recipe. I, I did change a little bit at the end. I wanted. Oh, a little, you changed something? No way. I, I wanted a little more roastiness. <laughs> uh, Dan and I talked about it, and we we did a we did a test brew batch. We did twenty gallons of it, and it was just it was missing something. It was just a little bit on the thin side. It was just so we we kind of just a, a little teeny tiny tweak, um, and I think you'll find a little more roastiness in it now. But we're really happy with it, and uh, the early reviews are. People love it, so we'll we'll take that one on the back as well. I mean, it's 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 a great it's it is it's a great beer. Um, yeah. All I can say, man, I, is it's alive. I am kicking myself right now. Yeah, I just realized I have the old full pints version of this sitting down in Camsburg right now. I'm oh, you sure do? Brought it oh my this. goodness! So I, I had, think it was an eighteen. I had I had a bottle of two thousand eighteen. <clears throat> yeah, and um. Actually, I had a couple bottles, and I gave one to Justin. And when he came up to Canyon that night, he brought his bottle, and we cracked it. Um, obviously, a, a bottle from 2018 is going to lose some of the hops, and it's going to get some booziness. It was so good. So this beer, being a a high hop beer, really ages well because it was so good. Yeah, yeah. and that's rare for a high uh, hop and, beer. And, and, and it is. Yeah. I mean, but – as a, as a, it's not really a stout. It, it's a stout, but it's not really. It's more of a black IPA, a, a Cascadian, it, what, whatever it is. I mean, it's 
it's not truly a stout, but it's it's good and it ages so well. Uh, we drank that 2018 beer and we were like, wow. So you know we're gonna stash some cans and, and hope that we yeah. can keep them for a couple of years and yeah. and see how it ages and and you know maybe next year we'll do maybe we'll do some barrel aging with some of it or maybe we'll do cool. some dry or some wet cool. hop with it. I mean, I, I like to start playing around with it, but we've got so much going on right now. Um, we're just kind of pumping out beers and we're getting and we'll talk about maybe talk about this a little bit later we're talking about our all this new equipment we've got and we're getting ready to get it online and start doing some different oh, yeah. things so we get into that yeah but i will say going back to the night of the living style yes had one last week ice ice cold yes this one nacho brought in in a cooler we had it on ice for a little bit it's a little bit warmer mm -hmm. it's like right where i think it needs to yeah. be though yeah because the hops are so much more present with it just a little warmer yeah, it's phenomenal. You get, get all up. the floralness out of that. Forty-eight hop. to fifty degrees, oh, maybe even a little bit above phenomenal. fifty, and, you, and you're yeah. going to start picking up a lot of of that stuff. And it's it's really it's it, it's it's a really good beer, and I'm really happy with it. We get paid in sound effects, and we're getting a lot of money today. So that's good because your substitute teacher salary sucks. Well, let's it's talk just about like your fucking sweater. Let's talk about full pint. <laughs> Jesus. I okay, Patches, let's go. I didn't even wear a Halloween costume. You're a dick. All right, Patches. Oh, I thought that's what the Patches were, the Halloween costume. Yeah. No, this is what I wear to work. Won't you be my neighbor? Do the kids neighbor. Are, do the kids at work beat you up? <laughs> yeah. That's why he carries a gun. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Say it again. He's going full R. Anderson. Everyone watch out. <laughs> I pity the fool. Say it again. So Nacho, I really want to get into uh, you at Full Pint now. I mean, we kind of heard about your background and how you got to uh, get some of the knowledge under your belt and how you, you – it sounds like you quickly caught on to some of the little nuances that made your beers a hit. So you took all the knowledge you had from your homebrew, the 412 couch, the times you featured over here with us over at Bash Brew and, and doing all the things you've done. So now you've taken that. I want to call it a very uh, complex brain, the way you think about beer. And That's you, probably the nicest, anything, nicest thing anybody's ever said about my brain. <laughs> I will take that to the bank. <laughs> you took that and you put it in a union with the, the owner of Full Pint, and you guys have a wonderful uh, professional marriage now. But I want to know, how did the unholy union between you and Dan occur? Oh, man, this is crazy. So there's a guy named Fred Molnar. Um He's now the Gordon Strong of homebrewing. He's he's like a super duper extra genius raider of beers. I I don't know what his real title is. Um, I'm so proud of him. I mean, the guy is like amazing. You give him a beer and he can tell you everything about it. Um, yeah, he's like one of the top four judges in the yeah, country. Yeah, or the world? I mean, yeah, I don't, I, it's it's amazing. I don't want to put him too much, but at least the country. No, yeah, the guy the guy crazy. is. He's like a grandmaster beer judge. I mean, it might be a grand grandmaster. I don't know, but he knows his beer. Um, maybe not the best brewer in the world. Sorry, Fred. Um, <laughs> Those but, who can't do judge, Fred. But yeah. he judges and or he teach, judges clearly because I'm over here with this fucking sweater on, <laughs> dicks. <laughs> um, so we went to Cooper's Lake. Oh man, four or five years ago, I can't remember, and it was about. Nine o'clock on Friday night. Friday night is Brewers' night, where the Brewers just you put out your beer and you go around and you drink everybody's beer. You're supposed to vote. There's like twelve people that vote. Everybody else is just <laughs> in to yeah. try everybody's beer. And I, 
I know there was there had to have been a hundred brewers there, and so you're talking three to four hundred beers. There's no way to taste them all. I'm greedy. I like to I like to go to beer fest and drink every beer, but you can't do it. That's multiple days. It's days. Yeah. So we're having Friday night. We're having Brewers night, and you know I hit everybody I know, and I avoided the people I didn't know because I only had the time you know to hit people I knew. And it was like nine o'clock. You no, know, it was. It was nine o'clock at night. I was sitting on my ass in my reclining camp chair in front of the fire, and I was trashed. And Fred comes over and he says, Nacho, there's a guy over here that made a malt liquor. And I said, Bullshit. <laughs> Homebrewers don't make malt liquors. It's too much of a pain in the ass. He's like, I swear to God, you got to come with me. And I'm like, Fred, I'm trashed. I'm done. I'm going to sit in front of this fire. I'm going to smoke a cigar and I'm taking my ass to bed. He's like, you have to come with me. This is the best beer you've ever drank in your life. This is like Charlie Day at the Philadelphia Eagles game. I'm going to sit here, get blackout drunk. (laughs) And I'm like, Fred, where is this place? He's like, wow, he's over here and he's pointing. And I'm like, that's too far. I'm trashed. He's like, you got to come. Let's go. So I get up and I start walking and I said to Fred, if I get there and there's no malt liquor, have you ever heard of Jimmy Hoffa? Because they're <laughs> never going to find your fucking body. I swear to God, there's malt liquor. So we go over there and we walk all the way to the end of the campground. And there's a motorhome there and all the lights are out. I'm like, they went to bed. They, That's sketchy they, as shit, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they went to bed. We, they don't want us fucking with them. And as we're getting ready to turn around, somebody says, can I help you? And I'm like, I looked at Fred and I said, Numbnuts here says you have malt liquor. He's like, yeah, you want to try some? It's like, fuck yeah, I want to try to walk all this way. Yeah, I want to try some. <laughs> Again, nine o'clock at night. So we sit down. Guy was very nice. and His name is Dan Franklin. Guy was very nice. I had a couple buddies with him. They were in the, they were in the camper. They were ready to crash out for the night like I was. So we sit down and he pours us some of this malt liquor. I was like, wow. You know what this tastes like? Nothing. And it's so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes like nothing and it's so good. So we sit there and we continue to BS and, and drink. And Dan says, oh, I'm, you know, at some point I'd like to open a brewery. And I'm like, whoa, really? That's pretty cool. And Fred's like, Nacho's a brewer. He works for 412. And this is a time when I was just, I was just helping, helping, right? Just one of five or six people brewing there. And uh, he's like, really? I'm like, again, it's it's not a big deal. I'm, I'm not really a brewer. I, I do brew a little bit of beer, but, I, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a brewer, you know. And he's like, well, let's exchange information and maybe somewhere down the road, you know. And I'm like, cool, you know. Really not thinking it's going to go anywhere. We drank malt liquor. And, and I'll tell you, this liquor, <laughs> malt liquor is like nine and a half to ten percent. We drank it from about five minutes after nine till three a.m. Oh my goodness! The three of us finished off like a five-gallon keg. We were—I was already stupid. Again, before I even drank, I was stupid, but I was already stupid drunk. We went there and we got so trashed. And we talked to this guy, and he was so nice. What a nice guy! So he's like, "I got to go to bed." I'm like Fred, we got to go. So Fred and I were walking back to the tent site, and he was on one side of the street, and I was on the other. 
and we we were lit. I mean, thank God we didn't have to drive anywhere because neither one of us could have driv- driven. Um, we're walking down this cart path, shoulder to shoulder, holding each other up, right? Like, like, for, like Forrest Gump. Yeah, right? And we're walking along, just holding each other up. We were trashed, and Fred falls down. And he's like 500 feet from his tent. <laughs> he's like, fuck it. I'm going to sleep right here in the street. And I'm like, you can't sleep there, you dumbass. Go go to your tent. Your tent's right there. You can crawl there. All right. So he starts crawling to his tent. I'm walking to mine, and I get to my tent. Now, this is where I'm going to give you the pro tip. If you ever go tent camping, yeah. when you leave your tent, zip it from the bottom to the top. Okay. Because if you zip, zip from the bo- top to the bottom... And you're drunk, you bend over to unzip it. Fall over. You're falling over. Yeah. I unzipped it. I fell over. I crawled in. I zipped it closed <laughs> and I crashed right there on the floor. I had a really nice air mattress that I begged my friend to bring to me because my air mattress had a hole in it. And I didn't even use it. But I passed out right there on the floor. The next morning, I hear all this commotion. I'm like, what's going on? Sun's out. I'm squinting. I'm barely alive i crawl out of the tent and i look over and there's about 20 people around fred's tent he was over with bash uh butler area um homebrewers they they and they're such cool people um there's like 20 people around fred's tent and they're cracking up and i'm like what the fuck is fred doing now because if you don't know fred fred he's one of the funniest people i know when I first met him, I said he looked like he acted like Jim Carrey. Yeah. His mannerisms, his his humor, he's 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 hysterical. I love Fred. I walk over to see what's going on, and all you can see is Fred's feet sticking out underneath the tent. He could not unzip his tent, so he crawled underneath it. <laughs> and Fred to this day is like, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Um, everybody from Bash that saw that happen should reply to this podcast and say oh we saw it because there was at least 20 people there um so we pulled fred out from underneath the tent thankfully he did not suffocate and die underneath that tent but that's how dan and i met through this whole thing with fred and i've recently named one of our fermenters fred yeah after him because (laughs) without fred dan and i would have never met yeah um so and then after that we dan and i became friends he did some home brewing and, and I would come over and brew with him. We we brewed this malt liquor um right around Christmas time. Super Super Bowl time is when we brought when we brewed it, right around Super Bowl time. And then it was ready in the in the spring. because uh, it, it it takes like three months to brew and ferment. Um but it, it's it's really cool. And and without Fred, we we'd have never met. And it was just a really good it was a great time. Cooper's Lake was their brew fest was Brewers Fest, is what it was called. It was it was the best event ever, and, and it's gone now. But it was something that I think everybody that ever experienced it will say, "Wow, what a great time!" I got, got to do it one year, and I'm so pissed <laughs> that I only got to do it one year. And it was the last year, and it was the especially the Friday night, which is the Brewers night. Yeah, it was like one of the best times I've ever had. Yeah, in it was phenomenal and you learn so much i mean yeah. you you get drunk but you're you're learning you're you're seeing what everybody's doing i mean 
There's a guy that did a Swedish fish in his beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was great. Yeah. So not only that, but first year, me and Lori go, we just have a little, like, three-person tent, maybe, and our little table in our jockey box. Dude on our left has a big camper and, like, <laughs> a draft system, like, coming out the side of it. Then on the other side, he has, like, a mega camper, like, a rock band with torn that expands yeah. out and had a damn movie screen and, like, 14 taps. And then, like, right between these two behemoths. It's oh. just our little table. So everybody that wanted to try our beer, I had to be like, oh, the two biggest campers on the site were, were in the middle. Yeah. Wait, and, <laughs> the guy, and the guy that won the brew fest was the janitor. He was the janitor at Church Brewworks. No. His beer, <laughs> the, the, the year that you and Dan met. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, his beers were awesome. He had, And again, he had like this 14-tap setup. He had a... Um, he was right across from me at the yeah. year I went. What was that? Um, I forget what you call it. You put you put the hops in it, and as you're pouring your beer, it runs through the hops. Oh, uh, the, um, Nelson? Nelson? No. Yeah, Shoot. Anyway. We're going to get yelled at. It, it, well, <laughs> anyway, the name escapes me, but he had some really good beers. And, he, yeah. and I'm like, the janitor? The guy that cleans up everything? <laughs> the guy was cool. I mean, it, it was. It was so much fun. So then, Amazing. so then you and Dan clearly have, uh, Dan seems like he's really creative as well. And you're very creative. So you guys come together and you decide to resurrect one of, uh, one of the most, uh, iconic Pittsburgh breweries. It's a staple of Pittsburgh history yeah. in full pint. So clearly you guys are going to bring ideas to the table. So what's the creative process look like for the two of you? Well, uh, so Dan's wife, Carrie, who is, I, I love that woman. She's awesome. Um, She's part of the product process. We have other friends that are that are in with us that that help us with this. But we we sit down and we talk of things. Um, we have meetings every week. We we discuss everything that's going on. We're actually just started building out our tap room in Warrendale this week. So there's a lot of constructions going on. But we sit down and we we discuss things. Everything we do has a meticulous thought pattern to it. We don't just say here's what we're going to do. We throw it out there. We think about it. We discuss it. We talk about it. Um, and we've tried every single recipe that we, excuse me, that we have made. Um, Steinmeister, Dan's been making that for almost 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's changed the recipe over the years and he's refined it. Um, and, and I've been to a couple Oktoberfests at his house and every year he makes it, it just keeps getting better and better and better. And this this rendition, it's good now, but if you have it in six or eight months, it's even going to be better. Yeah. Um, so all of our recipes, we we they're they're tried and true. We don't just say we're just going to throw this against the wall and see if it'll stick. Um, we're not a, we're not afraid to say we made a mistake and 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 move on from it. But we want to put out a very very good product. I think we have high standards. I think that everything we do is well thought out and and well managed. Uh, it's it's just it's it's a labor of love, and everything we do was with the consumer in mind. You know, it doesn't matter what my favorite beer is, because it might not sell. Right. It's it's all about the people, and and the people said. We want White Lightning. We want Chinooky. We want Night of Living Stout. We want Festivus. Um, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm working on Festivus now. It's still fermenting. I've, I've got a small batch going, and 
I'm going to do a couple of different versions of it and, and see what sticks. Um, but those are things that we're going to do, but we're going to do a lot of original beers as well. I mean, we're not going to carry the entire full pint line. There's 270 beers in the full pint line. Oh, wow. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, every day somebody says, Oh, ale Satan is awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I think it, I, I enjoyed it. I, it's something that it's right up my alley. I don't know if it's coming back. Um, all in Amber is, is another favorite. It, it's an Amber. Um, not to say we can't do it, but it's it's probably not going to be the biggest selling beer. Um, but we we want to keep enough of the full pint legacy alive. Right. But we want to do new things, and we want to show that, you know, obviously you buy a brewery, you want to show off your skills. You want to you want to show absolutely off your stuff, um, and that's why we really we release clearly cloudy. With which, White Lightning and with Chinooki. Which, let me tell you right now, cl- that beer is a knockout. Yeah, clearly Cloudy is a yeah, knockout. Yeah, we don't, we don't have it here today with us to, to feature, but I can just tell you that uh, having a can of it myself, it's a knockout, man. Just, just knowing that you guys are taking the process to bring back the classics, but also take a step forward to rebrand and find some things that you guys like to do. Yeah. Um, so, and you talked about a few changes that you made and some things that you tweaked and altered. Are there any like other changes, like big changes, small changes that are coming up that you can talk about? Well, the biggest change is, is equipment. I mean, we, we've automated the brewery, everything. I mean, I, I can, I can pretty much open my phone and brew from here. Okay. okay? Um, we, we've just added a brand new mash ton, a 15 barrel mash ton. It's got a mash mixer. It's got a, um, a, a grist box on top so we can we can mill into that that means i can 100 percent brew by myself okay do that, right, that that's like the aim too was, right, man? right i was just so, gonna say i'll come help you now it sounds yeah. really fun <laughs> <laughs> so right now i it requires somebody to run the grain mill and feed it and me to stand there and stir it if if that's i can, I got to do <laughs> if i can run the grains now and put it in there for tomorrow morning. And I just got to go and hit a button and it's going to drop the grains. It's going to stir it up, you know? Um, and then we have this huge diaphragm pump. That's going to take that, that mash when it's done, and it's going to pump it into the mash filter. And, and, and this is pretty cool to say that we are the only craft brewery in the state of Pennsylvania. And I may be, I may be one or two off in this, but we are like one of 16 craft breweries in the United States to own one. Um, it's a very expensive piece of brewery equipment, but it's going to help us make things that, that most people are going to struggle with. If you're doing rye, if you're doing rice, if you're doing anything really sticky, this is going to allow you to, to get through that without any issues. Um, so this is going to let us make our malt liquor. Okay. This is going to make, let us make anything we want. Um, but really, if, if you're doing if you're doing a a beer that's 1050, and you run it through the filter press, it's going to squeeze everything out 6,000 psi's. It's like almost like a hydraulic press. It, then it, it, it's yeah. hydraulic it as it, hell. It looks like the Frankenstein. Of it, it's 18 it's feet long. It's yeah. six feet high. It's huge. It's 10,000 pounds. This thing will squeeze almost every drop of liquid out of your mash and shoot it to your boil kettle. And if you're doing a 1050 beer, you've probably got 1062, 1063, 1060. So you're so going to get, get like more max beer for your output, money, max or you're going to get higher 
ABV for your money. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to, we're going to start with more beer for our money. You know, right. it's an expensive piece so of equipment and we've like got to, we've got to, we've got to pay for that equipment. Right. Um, we've added a, a canning line from ABE, which is phenomenal. We can do a case a minute, a little over a case a minute. Um, I can tell so, you right now too, as a guy who like helps bottle here, hearing a case a minute blows it, my mind. <laughs> it, it we can do a case every forty-five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> give us an hour heads up, and we'll yeah. get you a case. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's a big change. Um, so we've added a lot of technology. Dan has Dan and Carrie have really gone out on a, a limb to make sure that our brewery is very much up to date. It's very much ahead of a lot of the breweries. Um, I mean, being a production brewery, we have to crank out a lot of beer. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to have a new beer every week. You know, I mean, we're brewing 30, 60 barrels of beer. So I'm not going to have a new beer every week. Uh, and, and maybe at some point we'll get there. But we're brewing a lot of beer, and we want everybody to have that. We're in 60-some. It's probably close to 70 different beer distributors now. Um we just started getting into bars and restaurants. We got our tap handles. So we're getting into bars and restaurants. We want white lightning in front of every single person. No matter where you go, you're going to see white lightning. White Hell lightning, yeah, white man. Lightning, white lightning. That's the way it used to be. Yeah. yeah. And that's what Absolutely. we want. Um, we've got some some deals in the works that you're, you're going to see it in places that are really cool. Um, and I'm not going to throw any names out there. But literally everywhere you go, you should see white lightning. Um and and we want a lot of our beers to be to be like that, but White Lightning is White Lightning AW confirmed. Boom. <laughs> it, it's it's everybody tells me it, it's as good as it ever was, and we took we took their recipe from like I think it was 2014 or 2015 when they sold the most White Lightning. Yes, and that's where we went with it. And I and remember every, that was the best. White Lightning was a, like, it smack man, right really back good. to where it should be. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it's a nice beer. I mean, I was never the biggest fan, but I find myself consuming yeah. a bit of white lightning. It's <laughs> very drinkable. It's 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 easy to drink. It's not heavy. Um, but we we've got a lot in the technology department, and and we like to think that we're going to you know use that to rule the world. Mm-hmm. So speaking of getting your beer out there, if you can talk about it, any updates on the outpost? And the and the the so, full pint tap room. Uh, I think with the with the outpost, they just started today cutting the floor out. We're going to get new drains put in. We're going to move some tanks over there, so we're going to have some um, serving tanks over there. You can serve the beers with the right temperature, the right uh, carbonation levels, all that good stuff. Um, they're they're putting drains in so we just started the process so we're hoping the end of the year december january to be open um we've i think we've kind of put a halt on all of our saturday activities no more food trucks right now nobody wants to sit out in this weather it's going to be rainy this weekend it's gonna be cold this weekend um but we're going to kind of put that on hold and and really focus on getting this tap room built out um it's been a challenge getting quotes and getting people to say they want to do the work and getting them to do there to do the work so now we're, we've finally got some momentum and we're hoping that january is the latest maybe december um but it's a challenge i mean every, everything is held up just like just like yeah everything is a supply walk into giant eagle and there's nothing in giant eagle anymore right. um 
you know, but we're, we're, we're working diligently to get that, that tap room over. Right now, the outpost is open. You can come and buy beer to go. Unfortunately, you can't hang out and drink it, but get it and take it home. And very, very nice little storefront to walk into. Though. And like it, and that, it, that little room already is looking good. So it I can't changes wait to every day. What the rest of it's going to look like. Yeah. But yeah, me and, me and Matt will be up there as soon as it opens. Oh, for sure, Grabbing man. some beers. And uh, before we go into uh, a really fun segment here, I, it's it's not often that I get to sit in front of two guys that I really look up to in, in terms of brewing. I'm yeah, proud of both of you guys. Uh, I really, well, one, one of us make, is making 60 barrels at a time now, and one of us is doing a third of a barrel at a time. But I think, well, I'm only making 15 <laughs> barrels at a time. It takes oh, okay. me four brew days to fill that 60-barrel fermenter. But I think whenever I hear about when Nacho talks about how he started, I always – when he talks about that, I always see how you started too and what you're doing. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just as, as much as Justin got him into it, uh, J- Justin, Bobby, uh, the guys up at Union Brothers, oh, all man, of those guys awesome. got yeah. me into it. Right. You know, like I was already into it, but like I started doing the festivals and they yeah. got me to the point where right. I am now. Yeah. So, I mean, never forget the homebrewers. I mean, you always remember where you came from. Yeah. yeah. You know, Everybody says to me, you're a pro brewer. Why do you hang out with home brewers? They're my friends. They're the ones that helped me. They're the ones that taught me. Yeah. This is this is where you learn your your craft. I mean, that's that's where you become the brewer that you are with, with your home brewers. Not I mean, only that, but more and more pro brewers in Pittsburgh aren't being classically trained or anything right. like that. They're just really good home They're brewers. They're growing up from the home brewer society. Grown, and, yeah. it, you know. Ryan Slicker was, was a home brewer. He's a hell of a brewer. Yeah. Andy, Andy. Andy is... Yeah. I, he's like my hero, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope you didn't hear that, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to isolate that and make sure he hears it. <laughs> Just going to repeat. <laughs> he, he isolated, repeat, tagged him, called him. Um, it's all these guys are home. They all came from the homebrew society, and it's 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 a club, but it's 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 a family. You know, I mean, yeah. Rich Romanko hates a lot of the things I do. And I've learned so much from him, and it, and it kills him that his one of his really good friends, and I, and I just have to throw this out there, Rich hates beers with adjuncts in it. He likes classical beers, <laughs> yep. and he makes them really well. Rich makes some of the best beers out there. That jalapeno cream ale, he says, is an abomination. But one of his <laughs> very good friends said, Rich, can you get me that jalapeno cream ale? And he, he called me. He's like... Bobby, it's not for me. Can I, can I get some jalapeno? I'm like, what? Can I get some jalapeno? Can you what? Can I get some jalapeno? What, what do you want? I can't hear you. I need a growler of your jalapeno cream ale for my friend. I'm like, well, that's all you do is ask. It's like Ric Flair asking Adam Cole for his super right? kick points. <laughs> but yeah, the guys from the homebrew community are. are really the reason that we're doing what we're doing, how we got here. And you go to a homebrew show and it, it's phenomenal. It, it's one of the best, best times you'll ever have. And, and I can't, I can't say that Pittsburgh's the only place where you can find that, but Pittsburgh's mm-hmm. the best place I've found for it. Pittsburgh's got the best homebrew family. Yeah. We've got I've ever seen. I can agree with that. And I mean, maybe that's why we're getting homebrew con this year. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it is. Just strong possibility. Yeah. So we had a love fest here, and I and I can say that um, I do I do love Mr. Nacho here, and of course all the help he's provided to us here in the the brew lab. 
Um, can't thank you enough for that. And thank you again for coming on the show uh, to, to talk to us. But now I have to pitch you against Adam because we're going on to the full on Halloween showdown. Before I get to that, Mr. Nacho, you brought another beer that I have been lovingly sipping on. And it's a beer we featured back on episode, I want to say 33. 33. Our award. This is our award winner. An award-winning beer here in the Jojatorium. It's the Steinmeister Lager. So, Mr. Nacho, can you tell us a little bit about the Steinmeister? Well, first I'll tell you, it's it's, it's Dan's recipe. He's perfected. That my question. I was he, wondering if this was a full pint resurrection. He, he, or he perfected it over twenty years. Um, Dan has been brewing a very long time, um, and that's that's part of what makes full pint what it is. That he has a lot of experience brewing beer. Um, it may not be professionally, but he homebrewed it, and it's phenomenal. Um, oh, I can't yeah. say enough about this, this Steinmeister, and I had nothing to do with it other than I brewed it. I, you know, I followed his instructions. Um, Thank God you did, man, because let me tell you right wonderful. now, this is my favorite Oktoberfest, my favorite Marzen. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, because I think you, I, I, no, no disrespect to other brewers who put out Oktoberfest and Marzen this year, but this saved Marzen beers for me this year. I have only drank these Marzens by Woo! the fire. It won in the Jojatorium, and then it won at Casa de la Anderson on multiple nights. That's awesome. So thank you very much for that. Uh, that's that's our pleasure. And we want this to be a year-round beer. We don't I want it to be Oktoberfest. We want it to be, oh, nice. and that's why we called it a Marzen, yeah. because we want to have it all the time. That's awesome. Yeah, I and think, it, it does play kind of like a... I guess like a German style amber yeah. almost. Yeah. yeah. It's got just the right amount of malt that, yeah, you could drink this in the summer. I love it. As I could drink this when it's 90 degrees and yeah. I could drink this when it's 10 degrees. There's just enough sweetness <laughs> that it's it's great for a summer day, but it's not so sweet that you can't drink it in the winter. And that's what I was going to say. that's what's really nice about it. It's very yeah. well balanced. That Pittsburgh summer at the end when you go through all four seasons. Like this week? Yeah. I had Steinmeister throughout all four seasons and I never felt like I was out of place. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, it, it's it's a good beer and, and it's something that we're we're very proud of. Um you know, I, I go on untapped and I and I read some of the reviews and some of them I chuckle at and some of them like, thank you so much. Um you know, somebody said to me, it's too sweet and I'm like, it's too sweet? How they say I mean, how to get it too sweet? I mean, I've had much sweeter. I, oh I, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I did a blind taste test. I had somebody pour me six different Oktoberfests. Yeah, and I won't mention anybody's names because they were all good. Look Do at you, it. Look at you, Sam Adams. Yeah, <laughs> actually, punk. Sam Adams was not in there. I'm just punk bitches. Um, I'm, I'm just picking on the big guy. <laughs> but I picked ours, and I thought it was somebody. I, I thought it was Justin's beer. Okay. I thought I was picking Justin's beer because oh I'm like, God, you'd never get his head out the door if it was his. <laughs> I can hear the thudding right now. And actually, <laughs> I picked his second over some of the national brands and a couple locals. Um, but I was like, I was really shocked that I picked ours as being the best because I, the one that I thought was ours, I picked like third. Okay. And I don't ever want to say that we make the best beer. I think we make good beer. Um, I can agree with and that. And I think I, th yeah. I think it may be a little better than good. I think it's great. I think we make great beer. But there's a lot of p 
people in Pittsburgh that make great beer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but when I did this blind taste test and I picked ours first, I was like, holy shit. I really thought ours was the one that I picked third. And I'm not going to tell you who I picked the third, but Justin's was second. Um, and, and maybe it's not totally Justin's. It's probably um, Ian Staub's recipe. So I, I don't want to take that from Ian because I thought theirs was very good. It was a, I think it's a little bit sweeter than ours. But I think ours stacks up against anybody's. I can agree with that. I agree. And yeah. I'll stack any of our beers up against anybody. And I hope, I really, really, just a hope of mine that Dan has a really good Fest beer recipe too. Yes. It comes up. Because yes. as much as I like Marzen, I like the German Fest beer just I do, a little German. bit more. But you know what I love the most is watching you walk into battle. Usually it's against me. <sighs> but now we have a guest. What do you got to pit me against my friends? Because <laughs> I want to see you. Suffer. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> got the hat turned backwards. I'm rolling the sleeves up. So Matt, you play? Out. You about to play teacher here? Uh, yeah, I wore the Slash sweater for a reason. Host. So Just don't grab him by his bitch bun. That's right. <laughs> we are into the full-on Halloween showdown, and it's Adam versus Nacho. And since Mr. Simmons, aka Bobby Nacho, has resurrected full pint. It's only right that this showdown be on zombie trivia. Ladies and gentlemen, ghosts and ghouls of all ages, but definitely 21 years and over. Grab your Knight of the Living Stout, Dawn of the Living Stout, and your Steinmeister Lager. Rolling Morrison. Oh, no. Nachos with drinking night. So you can prepare yourself for the terror. So these two combatants are going to enter into the Jojitorium Arena. I'm going to fire off some questions to them. And they are going to play for points. End of the game, whoever has the most points wins. So right now, not only is it the Jojitorium versus Mr. Nacho, it is Bash Brew versus Full Pint. Jeez, man. Bragging rights oh, on boy. the line. All the pressure's on me. So I'll let you guys decide who gets to go first. I think Adam should go first. He's the host. Absolutely not. The let guest, the host go first. Guest goes first. Let the host go first. Guest goes first. Oh, damn. So, Seven. Mr. Nacho. <laughs> <laughs> I will ask you a multiple choice question. I'll read the question and then read you the answers and then you may take a pick. And just know too that there is a bonus question at the end. Bonus. If, if you answer the question wrong, your opponent has the ability to steal. Everyone cool? Ready. Let's for, do this. <laughs> for all the listeners, Mr. Nacho has flipped Adam Bashland the bird. Zombie shit. Mr. Nacho. Who is the lead special effects artist on The Walking Dead? Tom Savini, Howard Berger, Greg Nicotero, or Steven Yoon? I have never watched The Walking Dead. So, with that said, anybody that's named Berger is my friend. <laughs> so I'm going with Berger. Adam, who is the lead special effects artist on The Walking Dead? Remaining question, remaining answers are Savini, Nicotero, you. I don't need it. <laughs> Nicotero. Nicotero is correct. <laughs> At least he was in the seasons I watched. He was. Because that shit got old quick. Mr. Nicotero actually, <laughs> since the time of this podcast, has directed 33 episodes of The, the oh, Walking wow. Dead. And he has been the feature special effects artist across all the seasons. And... For a bonus question, first crack, Mr. Nacho. 
Where is Greg Nicotero from? What is his hometown? Saskatoon. Adam. <laughs> I'm going to look like an a-hole if it's here and it, I don't say here. I'm going to say uh, Columbus, Ohio. Greg Nicotero is from Pittsburgh. Damn it, I thought so. And he studied under the legendary oh, I knew he studied Romero under. and Tom Savini. Yeah, I knew he was with Savini. I didn't know he was from here, though. Adam. Can I just tell you that I've never watched a zombie new movie Ever. No type of zombie movie. No type of TV shows. I've never watched anything with zombies. Well, this will get good then. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam, number two. In Zombieland, the main actors are named after their hometowns. What is Emma Stone's name? A, Tallahassee, Wichita, Columbus, or Little Rock? Emma Stone? Emma Stone. Can you give me those again? Tallahassee, Wichita, Columbus, Little Rock. Wichita. Correct. You sure she's not from Beaver? <laughs> <laughs> she's from Beaver Falls, bro. Seventh Ave. <laughs> Mr. Nacho, for a bonus point, what number does Woody Harrelson paint on the side of each car he drives? Now, remember, for a hint, since you've never watched zombie movies, it is the number of a very famous driver, NASCAR driver. Oh, would have to be three. Okay. The great number three, the Dale Intimidator. Okay, I did know it then. I wasn't sure if I knew that answer or not. Ah! Mr. Nacho, what was the first feature-length zombie film? Zo uh, Voodoo Island, White Zombie, The Earth Dies Screaming, the Devil's Daughter. What was the second one? White Zombie. White Zombie. That is correct. Woo! Hoo, 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 hoo! Everyone can pull one out of their ass once in a while. <laughs> Adam Bashline, as a bonus question. That was my guess. Was what my guess. year was White Zombie released? Oh. 1962. No. For a steal. 1972. 1932. Damn it! Whoa! <laughs> I was going to go 1940s. I was like, that, I don't even know if they had movies. It shortly followed Nosferatu. Very, very shortly oh, that thereafter. Makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Adam, I believe you're up. Finish this white zombie lyric. Five, yeah, wow. The demon warp, blank, in 1960, five, five, five. On a nosedive, makes the devil cry, coming alive, I'm fucking John 5. <laughs> it's coming alive? That is correct. I do like, I do like option, um, uh, option letter D, though. <laughs> so, Mr. Nacho, for a bonus point, what year did Thunder, Six, Thunder Kiss 65 debut? 1965. 1992. Oh, I wanted a shot at that. No, it's a bonus point. Oh. You you got the point. That's okay, because I have another bonus I think question I would. I you. think I would have said 93 anyway. But. True or false, the man who became Buckethead actually featured on the remake of Thunder Kiss 65. Is it true or false? True or false for a bonus point. Ugh. True. False. Yeah. That's a good question, then. Thank it's you. It's really random. So, Adam, it's uh, no, it's Mr. Nacho. It's on the Mr. Nacho. It's on, yeah, it's on him. Mr. Nacho, in Shaun of the Dead, 
What was the name of the pub that they were always planning to run to in order to, quote-unquote, let this all blow over? I don't even need the multiple choice on this. The Clatta. The Manchester Lane. The Crown. The Winchester. I was looking for I was looking at Adam to see if he would give it away, and he didn't. Poker face. Ah. The Clatta. The Manchester Lane. The Crown. The Winchester. It's because I just feel bad for you. This game's not fair in here. <laughs> the Winchester. That oh, is correct. Oh! <laughs> Adam, for a bonus point. Sean the Winchester. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, actually, can you tell me where the crown's from? Because it's also from one of their movies. Not for a bonus point, just see if you know it. Oh, I don't, uh, Hot Fuzz. Correct. Hey. But mm. for the bonus point. Sean's stepdad, Philip, has a car he loves dearly. What is the brand of that car? Philip was such a little dipshit. I bet you it was a Fiat. For the steel. No. What brand Wait, of car? Wait, I didn't get the steel thunder kiss. Never mind. It's your game. It's not my game. You're you the made, teacher. You made fun of my fucking elbow pads. <laughs> Fuck off. Nacho. <sighs> Sean's stepdad, Philip, has a car he loves dearly. What is the brand of that car? If elbow pads were a car, it'd be a Saturn. A Jaguar. It Damn, was, it. Ooh, it was Jaguar. a nice car, huh? Yeah, it was a Jag. He was kind of a douche. Sense. We're going to move into a little bit of this or that. Are you going to like a soft like freeze tag version of roller derby after this with those elbow pads or what? Hey, you won't roll with me, though. You scared. You scare these elbow pads. I'll, I'll throw those. <laughs> <laughs> are they padded like mine? Don't think those. so. So we're oh, going into pointy as hell. <laughs> super pointy. We're going to go into a game of this or that. So I'm going to give you two zombie movies, and you got to tell me which one has a higher lifetime gross in the box office and post-release. That means DVD sales, and it's across the world. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I believe who are you on to here, Adam? Is it you first? Yeah, he got yeah. the well. He got the Winchester. Okay. Then, yeah. So it's on you, Adam. The two movies that you're pitting against each other are Night of the Creeps. And Dead Alive, who had the highest lifetime gross? Easy. I would have to say Dead Alive. Wrong. Wow. Ooh, I'd have been wrong I just too. went with the one I saw. <laughs> Nacho. The Evil Dead versus Reanimator. Evil Dead. That is correct. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Reanimator. I, I, I know the video game. I never played it, but I've heard of the video game and I've seen it. So. The Evil Dead came in at 2.4 million, while Reanimator came in at 2 million flat. Wow. It's not that high. It's not no. as high as I expected. Mm-mm. Adam, Resident Evil Apocalypse versus Resident Evil Afterlife. Ooh. You're setting me up in this round. Pressure. Pressure. Going with the one I saw in the theaters, which was Apocalypse. That is wrong. Damn it. Wrong. I knew it. Nacho, Hotel Transylvania versus Zombieland. Mm, I'm going to say Zombieland. That is incorrect. Damn it. Fucking Woody Harrelson. I knew it was Woody Harrelson, too. Adam, the last one in this round. We're doing really well. (laughs) Death Becomes Her versus Pet Cemetery. Come on. I can't pick against, but was Pet Uh, Cemetery even in theaters? It was. We're talking about the OG, not the remake. OG. I have to. 
I have to go with it. It's probably not right. Pet Cemetery. That is incorrect. Yeah, Death right. Becomes Her came in at wrong. fifty-eight million, while Pet Cemetery came in at fifty-seven you million. Lost. It was close. Very close. You lost to a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. Almost a beer out the nose moment there. <laughs> so update on the scores right now. Bobby Nacho is winning, kicking your ass four to three. Yeah, four to three. I don't know how that's possible. This final question, I don't either, <laughs> is worth three points. Oh, this is up for all the marbles. So, last question: closest without going over wins. World War Z is the highest lifetime-grossing zombie movie of all time. This hellaciously fast-paced zombie flick eats the brains right out of the skulls of warm bodies, Resident Evil, Dawn of the Dead, and Creepshow. How many bones did this cinematic graveyard stack up? And I believe since Mr. Nacho's in the lead, I will give him first choice. Can I defer? <laughs> you cannot. Let me say this. Don't stick in the thousands. It is in the millions. Oh, I, I obviously, it's in the And, you know, I, I have to say, I thought I never saw a zombie movie, but I did see World War Z. Okay. Yeah, you and many others. Yeah. Old Brad Pitt got a lot of people um, in the seats. He certainly did. I'm going to throw out the number seven because I randomly said seven before. So we'll say seven million. Seven million? Okay. Adam? Really low. Is this... Prices right rules. Prices right yeah, rules. Be, oh, yeah. so I could just say eight and be a real. Douche. You could be a real douchebag about it, but yeah. you could actually. But be a man. And I'll come take. Up a, with I'll some... take a. I'll take a really, really, really safe risk and say fifty. Fifty million. Yep. It's probably like it's probably like fifteen. Pretty, and I, I, I think it was over. It, it's probably like fifteen. I think million. it was like one twenty. To be I honest. don't think it was that high. I think it was World like... War Z brought home a lifetime gross of. Two hundred and two million. Shit. Three hundred and fifty nine thousand seven hundred and eleven dollars. I could have went with my one twenty guess that have been okay. Adam. I didn't want to overshoot by like a, a thousand. Your final answer <laughs> you takes win. out Bobby Nacho by one point. That's you right. Win. By it's, one point for somebody who didn't know shit about zombies. I, I might have took out Bobby Nacho, but I didn't shoot him in the head, so he's coming back as a zombie. Double tap. <laughs> Those are the rules. Double tap. <laughs> And now you owe me a beer. Yes. Okay. That's a deal. So thank you guys for playing with me. I love running games. And uh, it wasn't like Squid Game, though. So you guys are all coming on the other side alive. So I appreciate that. So, Damn it. You mean I got to get up in the morning? We all do, unfortunately. Shit. But before we all decide to return to our beds for the night, Mr. Nacho, I have to let you have your chance here to let everyone know where can they find you on full pint work? What can they search out to find you? What's, what's all your social handles? So I'm, I'm not the social media person, but we are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're in all of them. Uh, we are not on snap. I almost said snap face. I know it's not snap. Snapchat. Face. I, I, I always tease my kids. It's snap face. It's Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah. And we're not on, um, TikTok. TikTok. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay uh, I can only imagine. I'm sorry we're not there. Um, we're we're on we're on the old people version of, of Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Um, you know, full pint dot beer, because that's what we make is beer. Um, you can find us on all of those. Some of them might be full pint Pittsburgh. Um, but we're in all those. Check I, I would just go to our website. You can find where Ever we sell our beer, 
from our website. We're in 60 plus different distributors. We're going to bars and restaurants. Full Pine should be everywhere that you think it should be. And, and if it's not where you think it should be, let us know. Because uh, we, want, we want it to be everywhere that you want it to be. Um, we want to be Pittsburgh's Brewery. We want to be what you want us to be. We want to brew what you want us to brew. You know, tell us. Yeah. And then the tap room in Wexford slash Warrendale yeah, come, come January. We, we, we're we're hoping January, that, yeah. December, January. We're hoping that the tap room is open. Uh, but you can still stop by the outpost and get some beers to go. I already timed it out. It's exactly 25 minutes. Nice. Wow. So it's good. So, yeah. again, if you want to find what's going on with the Full Pint, if you search them out on all social media, it's Full Pint Beer on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, again, they're not on Snapchat, and there's no fucking way they're on TikTok. <laughs> no snap face. <laughs> no snap face. No, no snap talk. No snap talk. <laughs> Adam, here in our brewery. What's on tap and where can you find us? <laughs> Zippy is on tap right now. <laughs> Everything we got um, on right now is going first to Drink the Cookie Table on November 6th. Completely sold out. Both sessions come. If you already got tickets, yeah, stop by our table. That's all I can I'll say to you. There. I, I, I can't push it. I can't push it any more than that because it done sold out. Sold out. Sold I, out. I will say, um, though, this Saturday, stout season is a starting. And so yeah. are the winter beers. Um, we're going to do our latest version of Dark Roots on Saturday, uh, brew that up, hopefully get it ready for the AEW Full Gear pay-per-view, so we have something to drink on down here. <laughs> um, and that's about it right now. Uh, Cookie Table will be the wrap-up of our festival season, though, so just keep posted to our social medias for what we're brewing up this winter and come get some. I mean, we're, we're definitely going to have some big stouts. Some uh, some desserty stuff around Christmas and it's some always good stuff. Some really good stuff around Christmas is coming this year. Yeah, if you want to find what's going on with Adam down here in the brew lab, all you have to do is follow him at Bash underscore Brew on all social media: it's Facebook, Instagram, and I keep pushing him to get a Twitter. Don't forget to follow him on Untapped. I have a Twitter. I just stalk you on it. I don't post on it. I'm going to push him to get a Twitter. <laughs> if you want to follow what's going on with first uh, full pint, you want to search about at Full Pint Beer on all social media. What's I'd up? Like, I'd like to add that we got a oatmeal stout that's coming. Ooh, oh, nice. in the next uh, maybe two weeks. Kind An oatmeal stout is is it's going to be really good. Yeah, nice. So it's it, it's coming. And then Fe Festivus will be around. The, Festivus is around in the works. Season, right? I'm working. I'm doing a couple of test batches of that. So it's coming. And then I hope that uh, <clears throat> the four horsemen come back. Whenever you need me there, between now one. and the end of the year, you got one. I've I've got I'm in, three. I'm, I'm I've in got three others. So. I mean, I, yeah, but you got me in whenever. You just pick the date. I mean, I'll make it. Available. We, we got to do a test batch, but we're 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 going to do something really stupid for the four horsemen, and I hope to have it out by Christmas. And if you liked what you heard here in the Jojitorium, please follow us at DecayingWTB on all social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And from here in the Jojitorium. For a spooky, ooky Halloween with Ooh. the boys and Full Pint, wherever you are listening to this, cheers. 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 Buster Rhymes Kung Fu. <laughs>